everybody, and welcome back to Popcorn and Nerds. We've got your hosts, Mark and Taylor Adams, here with you today. Hi. How's it going, Taylor? I'm good. Good. Um, good. I'm tired, but I'm good. Yeah, you had a busy weekend. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just got back in the town a couple couple hours ago, and, and then you had to do your homework. Yeah, and then I, and then I watched mute. <laughs> Normally, I'm the first one to watch whatever we're going to review today. Spoilers. We're reviewing Mute. It's not a spoiler. It's That's what we're doing today. Yeah. That's, Did we that, mention that last week, I think? Actually? Yeah, we mentioned it. But so. anyway, yeah, we're going to review uh, Duncan Jones' uh, latest film, Mute. It's out on Netflix right now. It's been out for a couple weeks. Maybe, yeah. Shoot, it might be a month. Yeah. Might have been out. Getting close to that. Yeah, we're slacking over here. And normally I'm the first one to watch whatever we're supposed to review. <laughs> but I got busy, man. So I finished Mute about an hour and a half ago. So it's fresh in my mind. Not so fresh in mine. I mean, I watched it yesterday, but I feel like a lot's happened since yesterday, even though not a lot actually happened. <laughs> it just seems that way. Sure. Cool story, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was great. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, for this episode, we're going to be reviewing Mute. Uh, later on in the episode, but like every episode, we're going to start off with talking about whatever we're eating or drinking, so you guys can hear those lovely sounds in the microphone. Um, yes. Mark, what did you what did you bring? So today, uh, continuing the whiskey theme, hey. I had some Toki uh, Japanese whiskey uh, from the Suntory Group out of Japan, which Domo is origato. <laughs> which is weird because Suntory is essentially like Japanese PepsiCo. Uh, they make like a lot of the soft drinks over there and stuff, but they're really well known for their whiskey as well. And it's actually won some competitions, not the Toki specifically, but some Tories whiskeys have. It's pretty good. Um, and yeah, this is not bad. Uh, this is, I've had, I bought the Toki before I've had the Hibiki Harmony. Uh, and they have another one as well, uh, that I forget what it's called, but it's like the 15 year. Uh, this is. This is 12, I think. I could be mistaken. I don't have the bottle here with me. I left it in the kitchen. But Man. I know. But then, to differ from last week, we're not just snacking on whiskey this time. We're not. Uh, I brought Girl Scout cookies. Oh, Lord. Uh, so I had some Girl Scout cookies. I've been trying to eat better. Uh, so I've had these floating around for a while. I stuffed them in my freezer. And I was like, you know what? Today's the day. <laughs> and uh, so I brought some s'mores, Girl Scout cookies, which are relatively new. I think they were new last year. Yeah, I don't think I've ever. Yeah, I haven't had them. And uh, if you're familiar with Keebler EL fudge cookies and stuff, these are similar to they were called Deluxe Grams. Uh, my dad used to get those a lot when we were growing up. And so Girl Scout cookies, like Keebler has a lot of imitation Girl Scout cookies. They have Thin Mints. I think they're called Grasshoppers. And then they have... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The Samoas slash Caramel Delights. Keebler has uh, some coconut something or other. I forget what it's called exactly. You need to have a podcast about cookie rivalry. Right. Or something. And so then they were like, well, if Keebler's taking all our cookies, why don't we take one of their cookies? And then it's the Girl Scouts and, versus the Elves. And right. That's, that's a fight I would see. I would. That would be good. That's like the next chapter in the Lord of the Rings don't, uh, movies. Don't cop that. We're going to use that. <laughs> Trademark. Uh, hashtag. <laughs> whatever the kids say nowadays. So... Let me open, open these oh, up. Already open Crinkle. I opened them up because I gave one to Nicole before we came in here. Oh, okay. She got to try. They might still be cold because they were in my freezer. Mm. It's also kind of cold outside. So. I'm going to sit further away from my microphone when I eat and, and breathe and live because my mic picks up everything. Yeah, they're pretty good. 
I don't think it. I don't think it really tastes like a s'more too much. Not particularly. No. So they lied. The Girl Scouts of America are liars. Oh, shots fired. Mm-hmm. Is there even marshmallow in this thing? I think there's a thin layer on top of the. Needs more the marshmallow. Chocolate. Needs more marshmallow. Everything needs more marshmallow. Needs more fluff. But um, I'm so glad you brought these over because if we weren't gonna do this, I was gonna. Uh, we were gonna have the mystery peeps. Oh man. And so they're like mystery flavor number three, <laughs> and they're yeah, white. They've done it for a couple of years now. Yeah, and they're white. And I was like, what the what the hell are these gonna be? And I opened them up and I smelled it and I was like, I know what these are. They're grape flavored. Really? And it's terrible. It tastes like I'm. <laughs> it tastes like I'm eating the children's Tylenol chewable tablets like when I was a kid. Oh. Yeah, that's exactly what it tastes like. I feel like you're a liar. I feel like that's what? not. I feel like that's not actually what they're going to taste like. Well, go but, go out go out in the kitchen and get them. But I also love Peeps, so. Well, I like Peeps too, but you, this no, this was are terrible. Are you one of those weird people that likes them when they're like slightly stale after they've been open for a while? Ew! Why would anyone eat those? People do that. Like I said the same thing. I'll put you them got, in the microwave. Well, yeah, but you open them, you eat them fresh. But I know people who swear that you have to like crack them open and leave them for a little bit so they get. Chewier. It's not wine. You don't need to let them breathe. <laughs> let the, you just let eat the, the damn. Tannins. You just eat the damn peeps. Yeah. No. People are weird, man. People have. Well, their you things. can take them home with you. <laughs> okay. They're terrible. <sighs> Tur- terrible. Well, I'm gonna leave these cookies here with you then, for the peeps, because I I can't trust myself. <laughs> That's not a fair trade. <laughs> for me, it's not a fair trade. I know. I feel guilty. No, it's fine. Sorry, I'm talking with a mouthful. But also, just don't look at the nutrition facts on these cookies. <laughs> Ma'am. This was a this podcast was a bad idea. It's only once a week, man. Cheat day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheat yeah, day. Cheat day. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Now that we're done with that, um, cheat life. Yeah, cheat life. Uh, Mark, what did you uh, what did you play? What did you watch this week? Um, I feel like for both of us, we were consuming a lot of content this week, and it was kind of all over the place. Yeah, uh, I've been kind of in a random like rut. I uh, just kind of come home from work. I'll do some stuff, whatever, and then watch a show while I'm eating, and that turns into the rest of my evening. Um, as happens gotta, gotta with, love that binge with, model, with baby. Netflix, yeah. yeah. Um, so this past week, I watched Children of the Whales, which I think last week I had mentioned starting that or thinking about starting it. Maybe. And uh, it was interesting. Uh, interesting concept. Why don't you give some, me the concept? These people are living on a ship in a, a desert sea. So it's basically like the ocean, but it's sand. Okay. Um, and they've been there forever, isolated from the rest of the world. Uh, as far as they're concerned, they are the world. And Weird. Are you saying, so if you were them, you would say we are the world? Maybe. Uh, so they just, they're, they don't have any connection to the outside world. And uh, that's just kind of how things have always been. And then one day a ship comes along and they meet a young woman who changes everything for them. And that's kind of how things happen. Um, Turns out that the people on the ship... uh, Well, I won't go any further than that. (laughs) Uh, Because I was going to say, is that in the description? Uh, The the synopsis is super weird. So, IMDB tells us... (laughs) You want to read it or want me to read it? You can't really see the screen. I can't really see the okay. screen. Okay, as a, as a magic wielder, young archivist Chikuro knows his life will be short, but everything changes when a mysterious girl from the outside arrives on his island. 
See, I got that mysterious go part down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all that matters. Uh, so it was interesting. It was really well animated. Um, not too bad uh, for just, it's relatively short. It is kind of a cliffhanger ending. Ooh, excuse me. Uh, cliffhanger ending on that one. But uh, it, it was fun. And then I also started watching Devilman Crybaby. Uh, this, <laughs> that's an odd name. Yeah. Uh, also animated. Uh, Netflix has been trying to step up their original anime content. Uh, but this was actually recommended by, well, <laughs> I had two friends, a couple, who watched it. And one of them was like, absolutely don't watch it. It destroyed me. It made me lose faith in humanity. Jeez. The other guy was like, it's fine. You're probably desensitized enough. Just watch it. <laughs> so so I did watch it. Um, and IMDb synopsis for that one says, demons invade humanity after being frozen in ice for millions of years. Akira, a timid boy, is asked, is tasked by his friend Ryo uh, to merge with one of these demons in order to be able to fight back against them for the sake of humanity. Um, and I was talking to Taylor about this show earlier. It's very graphic. Uh, lots of gore, lots of dismemberment, and basically some softcore hentai. Uh, not For all you creeps out there, yeah, check it out. <laughs> it, so far, anyway, there's not been penetration portrayed uh but it's other than that there's i mean it's, now there, it's, it's I'm, graphic. I'm gonna ask you what all the fans at home are gonna be asking by the fans i mean like the five people that listen <laughs> were there tentacles yes actually oh my. not not <laughs> not involved in the sexual aspects generally oh okay um but it's kind of like demonic ritual summoning like just Shit happens and tentacles come out and destroy people. Um, so it it, it kind of cliched in that way. Uh, but yeah, basically the the main character is he calls himself Devil Man, and so this. But is he a crybaby? Where's he, the crybaby coming? He is. He's a crybaby. He's a little. He's a little B word. He uh he kept his human heart even though the demon took over his body, and he was always like uh, a sympathetic person like a child growing up and so he always knows when people want to cry or need to cry uh and retains that like empathy even after this demon has taken over um and so he still wants to do good even though technically he's a devil okay well all right <laughs> yeah right that's, all, that's about all you yeah, can yeah, say yeah. for that one <laughs> uh and then just the two last things i did finally pick up th or finally it came out this week on Tuesday, Sea of Thieves. You've been talking about that for like a month and a half. Yeah, it keeps coming up. They did betas and I played some of those and then now it came out and uh, I have some buddies who said they were going to pick it up and play it but I wasn't able to sync up with them so my first time logging in I got stuck with some randos and they were terrible. Um, two of the guys didn't have microphones and didn't know what to do and I actually think one of the guys I got paired with was a guy I played with in the beta uh, which was crazy random happenstance. Hmm. But he, um, the one of the guys that didn't have a microphone apparently wasn't listening either. He jumped on the uh, steering wheel. That's not what it's called. I forget what it's called. The helm. <laughs> he, he took the helm. Steering wheel. And uh, it is got, a, it's a giant steering wheel. paddle shifters and shit. And uh, I kept giving him the directions. I was like, hey, like we need to go this way. We need to go this way. Like the island is southeast. Go there, go there. And this dude just like, kept circumnavigating the island 
Like literally we we're just circles and circles and circles. And then the Kraken showed up and wrecked our shit. And uh, then I was like, okay, I need to wait till I can actually play with people who either have microphones or uh, that I know personally. So so that was not a great experience out of, out of the gate with Sea of Thieves uh, in full release mode, but still looking forward to playing more. Our buddy Evan has been playing, said the whole time he's been playing, just has a big goofy grin because uh, it, is, it is a lot of fun if you get a good group to play with. Mm, I gotcha. And then lastly, I picked up uh, Detective Pikachu. It's a 3DS game. You play as uh, a character who's helping Pika- Detective Pikachu solve mysteries. Um, it's supposed to be fun. It's gotten good reviews. And then it, I don't know if this ties into the movie, is the plot of the movie, or not related at all to the movie. But they're making a movie about it, too. Um, and Ryan Reynolds is going to be Detective Pikachu. And I think we've talked about this briefly before on the podcast. I, I hope it's Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool playing Pikachu, because <laughs> that would be fantastic well like this is a pikachu who can actually speak who doesn't just say his name but is also like an old man like seasoned detective is it like noir because that would be kind of cool uh no not so much i don't think because i think it'll still be chinatown pikachu it'll be yeah it'll be very lighthearted. uh some slapstick humor and stuff like that but uh it, it seems like it'll be interesting and the game seemed interesting as well so i just went ahead and picked that up uh so yeah, so that's kind of what I got this for this past week. Taylor, how about you? What were you watching? What were you doing? Uh, well, Not before, playing anything yet. <laughs> well, before I get into that, uh, I want to give a quick shout out to the very first person to leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts. We want to thank you very much. MJ Mule um, gave us five stars, said it was solid. And then I guess he subscribed because, quote, mainly because I like both popcorn and nerds. Hashtag. Mark brings the base. Or bass, however, <laughs> or you, bass. Want to, however you want to read it. I have it. not brought fish yet. Maybe that'll be our snack next week. Uh, oh, oh, wait, hold on. Apple Podcast is asking me, was this helpful? I'm going to hit yes. I'm going to hit yes. Thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you. I do bring thank the base. Thank you for your feedback. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, but hopefully you like it, besides it just being named for popcorns and nerds. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what I've been watching, uh, let's see. The first thing I kind of knocked out this week was there's a new six-part documentary on netflix called wild wild country um executive producer the duplass brothers i believe i mentioned this briefly on the last podcast yep because i mentioned um chrissy teigen tweeted about it oh yeah yeah and then um so i finished it this week really good and first for something as as big of event as this covered as this quote-unquote uh sex cult taking over a uh, tentacles (laughs) so no (laughs) <laughs> no tentacles, um, but taken over this area of, of Oregon back in the eighties. And they use archival footage from like national news broadcasts covering this thing. And I don't remember anything about it. I mean, obviously it wasn't alive back then, but I feel like that would have come up in some kind of yeah. historical context. Yeah, exactly. So I was surprised I didn't hear about it. Um, at any point in my 30 years of living. Uh, but it's, it's fascinating too, which this, it had the, uh, I mean, Mark, if you want to pull up the synopsis on your phone while I try and stall. Um, <laughs> but, but this is a documentary that could easily be approached from a true crime type of uh, point of view. Um, but instead, they take a very human interest piece and they show both sides of this kind of story. I mean, there are many sides, but there's two key sides. Mark, turn your phone off. I know I'm getting text now, sorry. No, okay. Anyway, uh, so this synopsis says, 
when the world's most controversial, no, excuse me, I'll start again. <laughs> when the world's most controversial guru builds a utopi- utopian city deep in the Oregon desert, conflict with the locals escalates into a national scandal. A true story. Um, Not based on a true story? Yeah, it so is a true story. It was a documentary. Yeah. So it is a true story. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really neat. It uses tons and tons of uh, archival footage. Um, I believe I was listening to a um, another podcast I listened to. It's called True no- or Pure Nonfiction. It's a podcast based on for documentary filmmakers, um, curated by some folks at like the New York uh, Documentary Film Festival and a couple others. And so they had a screening last week up in New York with the two directors. Um, I can't remember their names off the top of my head, uh, but the directors that were up there. They interviewed with them, and then Mark Duplass was also on a kind of a panel, um, and they were audience was asking them questions and stuff like that. And it was kind of neat just to hear their perspective because they, from what I learned, uh, the two directors, um, Chap- Chapman and McLean Way, Way, that's the, yeah, and they're brothers, and their third brother actually did the score for the whole movie. It was really cool. And one of those guys, one of the guys' wives, was also a producer. I'm gonna need my brothers to step their shit up. <laughs> Maybe they're thinking the same thing about you. Ow. 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 Shots. Also, shots. Also shots fired. Maybe true. Shots fired. Um, where, you, where was I going? Oh, so uh, <laughs> Sorry. so apparently these brothers were making a, um, a kind of a baseball documentary out in Oregon, and they were using a lot of archival footage in that. And then while trying to find archive footage in whatever library they were in, they found over 300 hours of archival footage about this uh, quote-unquote cult and uh, it's all in the documentary it's really cool it's mixed with that plus interviews with people who were members of the movement and also people who were residents of the town that was neighboring it and also law enforcement because it gets it gets crazy like the end uh, the end of the entire series is spoiled within the first 10 minutes because they want to let you know what happens yeah so you stick around yeah but really well done very intense and like i said from a human uh from the nuances of humanity type of discussion, it's perfect for it because you go back and forth of like kind of whose side you want to be on. Do you want, are you feeling more toward the people that were inside this movement? Are you feeling more toward the locals? Are you feeling more attached to the law enforcement? Like it's all over the place, but it gets bananas. It's really (laughs) cool. So I recommend checking that out. I finished that. Um, I also started season two of the Santa Clarita diet. Which, uh, <laughs> Mark, pull that up. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is a really, really interesting show. Um, it's it just launched. They just launched their second season uh, last Friday. Um, stars Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant, which both fantastic comedic actors. This is a comedy. It's a half-hour comedy, single camera. Uh, synopsis: uh, Sheila and Joel are married real estate agents in Santa Clarita, California. When Sheila dies, their lives take a dark turn. <laughs> Spoilers, Sheila's undead. Yeah. So that's what leads to it's kind of, it's this it's this zombie comedy. And Where she's even, acting like normal. Yeah, yeah. For the most part. Yeah, it's except, a different take on the undead zombie kind yeah. of genre. And even they they acknowledge that somebody calls somebody else a zombie and they're like, that's offensive. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really funny. I recommend checking it out. The first season is is cool because it introduces introduces that unique and funny premise. And the whole season, I'm like, this is kind of funny. Like, I'm enjoying watching <laughs> these guys. The second season, I am dying laughing every single episode. So I recommend you guys check that out. It's a little gory because it does deal with, like, 
undead things. Yeah, yeah, eating people. Um, but it's 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 a comedy though. And so it features little... the young Sean Spencer. One of the young Sean Spencer. One of them. Skyler. And he's, and he's not uh, so young anymore. Yeah, Skyler something or other. I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> from Psych. One of the many young Sean's. Um, not Liam James, who played uh, that role for a really long time. Hmm. Um, anyway, uh, so that's kind of all I was looking at um, for this past week. So, without further ado, let's. Um, well, Mark, how, how, do you eat any more cookies over there? Are they good? Yeah, I was eating one while you were talking. Well, I'm still talking. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll eat one in a minute. But my, my whiskey's good. Thanks for bringing that over. Cool. Too. You're welcome. This is the exchange. Mark usually brings a snack and then I edit this thing. Yeah. So. That's that's fair. I'm sorry he leaves in all my mouth breathing. I don't have a filter for that. I have a filter for general noise. I don't have just, a filter for mouth breather. Just like mute my channel. Somebody somebody invent that algorithm. When, for, when, I'm, when I'm not talking. For just, Adobe Audition, invent the algorithm where you can reduce mouth breathers. Just kill the volume in my channel <laughs> while I'm mouth breathing. It's taking me all then, day to edit that thing. Because whenever I'm talking, I'm... I know. I'm trying to like I'm rocking back and forth over here, like leaning into the mic and then going away from the mic and then coming back. Uh I apologize. I should have listened to the episodes sooner than I did to realize that <laughs> I'm fucking mouth breather over here and I apologize. I'm working on it. Well, we still love you, kinda. Oh. Uh well without further ado. Yeah, you do bring the bass. <laughs> Alright, well let's get into our uh review of Duncan Jones Mute. I don't deserve you, Leo. But you don't know me. I want to know what the deal is with this crazy bartender. Sure you want our help with this? This kind of thing hurts my reputation. Daddy's gotta go. Oh, no soda. <laughs> Your girlfriend has secrets. You lost me. Take a hint and fuck off. Not very talkative. <laughs> Something's going on. You need to maintain a sense of humor, babe. You gonna give me some uh, trouble, big boy? Or are you gonna channel that famous Amish serenity? <laughs> I will say, this was better than Warcraft. <laughs> So is that your only general thought about this movie? It was better than Warcraft? No, no. They, like, I enjoyed it. Uh, it was interesting. Some of it felt maybe a little forced. Like, things were set up in a way that didn't always, I guess, make sense. But then you were, later on, they're like, oh, well, that's why they threw that in there. Because it's to explain this thing later on down the road. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, there was some of that. But overall, I, I enjoyed it. And I wanted to see what was happening uh, and how it would wrap up by the end of it. I was invested, so solid. Okay. How about you? Uh, it was all right. <laughs> I mean, it was, yeah, it was better than Warcraft. <laughs> um, but I actually kind of liked Warcraft. Like, it wasn't great, but for what it was, I enjoyed it. And don't get me wrong. I'm a Duncan Jones fan, um, and I was really looking forward to this. And I, I was trying to figure out if I was hyping it up too much because I was really excited about it because this was a passion project of Duncan Jones and he had written this script like 16 years ago. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, it, he didn't take the version he wrote 16 years ago and make it, obviously. Why not? Um, <laughs> In its true form. It was perfect. Um, 
But yeah, it was it was all right. Uh, there's, I mean, we'll get into a little bit more in the spoilers, but um, I'll just kind of say, I mean, it's no spoiler that uh, Alexander Skarsgård's character, Leo, the relationship he is in um, with this woman, uh, Nadira. Nadira, thank you. You're welcome. Um, I was like, I was trying to say it without looking at my cheat sheet. Another uh, reason you keep me around. <laughs> um, I, I didn't buy it. I didn't buy. I, I didn't believe that they were in love. Well, it was kind of hard. To, well, spoilers. Never mind. What, well, what, yeah, we will, we'll get into like why <laughs> later. But just as an overall thing, the main romantic relationship in this movie, I I didn't buy. That's kind of where I'm coming from. Um, I will say that Paul Rudd makes a really good villain. Yeah. He did a really good job being a villain. Because like, he's still kind of Paul Rudd. He is. Yeah. But then he, he, I was like, man, he's, he's a dick. Yeah. And that's all uh, he had to be. He had every 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 role he's played where he's kind of like this sarcastic, lovable <laughs> asshole. Drop the lovable part. And he just embraces more of being an asshole and being sarcastic and being mean. And There are definitely parts where I was like, okay, like I can relate to this guy. Like I can pull for him a little bit. But then... Some other parts, I was just like, oh, fuck this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's that's what makes a good character, I think, is like you have to understand where they're coming from. Yeah. And you, you don't you have, have to, to like them. You have to begrudgingly relate yeah, to the bad guy. You don't guy. have to like them, but you have to understand them. Yeah. Uh, Justin Throw, I thought was fine. I Yeah. I like just, I like him in a lot of things. He was just there. Kind I was of. just yeah. I wasn't too impressed with what was going on here. Um, visually, I thought it was really cool. Um, Very like Blade Runner esque. Yeah, again. that's definitely an homage there, um, which you know was cool, especially in within a year that Blade Runner twenty forty nine came out. Yeah, um, and Altered Carbon, which was also very yeah visually yeah yeah, yeah like for sure um, Blade Runner. It's another Netflix show we've reviewed. Go back in the archives and check that one out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Shameless self-promotion. Yeah, for real. I thought, um, for the synopsis, because we skipped way ahead, here, I'll go ahead and tell you, sorry. A mute bartender goes up against his city's gangsters in an effort to find out what happened to his missing partner. Um, partner, yeah. partner is the progressive term yeah. for, for lover slash girlfriend. Alexander Skarsgård plays Leo, the mute bartender. I thought he did a pretty good job for a guy who doesn't have dialogue. Yeah. 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 I thought he did a pretty good job. And my only my only qualms are his his actions within that romantic relationship. But we'll get to that in spoilers. Like, okay. that's my only really yeah. issue with this. Um, I thought it dragged a little bit toward the end because I... I just wanted it to end sooner. Like, I, not in a bad way, but I thought that you had almost multiple climaxes in plot. Yeah. And it's like one. It's like okay, what? Which one is supposed to be the final one? I feel like it, it builds and then it falls and then it builds again and then it falls again as opposed to a kind of a constant. What are you laughing at? <laughs> I was gonna make a sexual reference about sometimes multiple climaxes good, <laughs> but never mind. Don't. You just go just back and watch Devil May Cry Baby I know, some right? more. Talk about your <laughs> tentacle porn. No, it's not. <laughs> anyway, um, but overall, I, it, it was fine. Like I would say, I don't think I would recommend it to anyone. Like not in like a you should see this movie. But if someone says, "Hey, I think about watching Mute," what do you think? I'd be like, eh, "You can watch. <laughs> you can like you know, you can. country." Like so, I didn't. I didn't hate it. I, I want to get that out there. I didn't hate this movie. 
Um, I just thought overall things for me didn't flow as well as I would have liked them to. Gotcha. Um, I liked a lot of the imagery. I liked uh, the metaphors that were happening. I really enjoyed. I thought they were they were they were deep. Um, and I think it's very interesting. You don't see a whole lot of movies that have come out in the past decade that have that Amish people are at the center <laughs> of this movie. Yeah. Which and uh, a mute Amish person. Yes, that. Leo's character is Amish, um, and it it plays a little it plays a little bit of a role in this thing because you know it, it's this movie and this movie takes place. 30 to 40 years in the future yeah. as an Amish person, you don't use a whole lot of technology. So he doesn't talk and he doesn't use technology. So the struggles of that kind of person trying to survive in this world, but it also exposes, he always cuts straight to the chase though. Like with everybody else who has the ability to talk, a lot of them are just bullshitters, yeah. you know? So it kind of just exposes that a little bit. Uh, just on a semi unrelated note, but kind of related. But anyway, so I was listening to Mark Maron's podcast today and his last, one of his more recent episodes, he had a Ted Danson on and it got to a point in the conversation where um, Ted Danson was talking about how he separated from his first wife. Um, and it was amicable, but it, talking about how actually they separated is that they were both um, actors, like theater actors. And she was playing a part where she had to do nothing but um, the whole scene was in sign language. And so they both learned sign language so they can help each other with the part. And they both agreed that they needed to practice doing it, but they said it felt more real if they actually had like a real conversation. So they ended up getting separated through sign language. Oh. Like the question that's... that was proposed in sign language was where do you see yourself in five years? And then it evolved into this, wow, we should get separated. Interesting. Yeah. And which was kind of cool because they were, you know, they talked about, you know, you cut the, your, your vote, your dialogue. It's like, it's cuts out the bullshit with the sign language. You're almost getting right to the point. Cause there's no, you know, there's no, there's no words in the way to mess things up. Yeah. So anyway, I thought that was fascinating and kind of related to this movie in a way because, uh, Leo is a mute and he uses, you know, sign language and writing stuff down on, um, with pen and paper. Yeah. Uh, and stuff like that, which I thought was, was pretty neat. Um, but yeah, let's. Uh, I mean, that was that was kind of our quick, quick and dirty kind of review. Um, but right now, do uh, you have anything to add before we get into spoilers? No, I think we're good. Okay, cool. Spoiler All right. countdown. All right, and go. Okay, so mute by Duncan Jones. Um, we already kind of gave our overall thoughts, obviously, because and if you're still listening. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> As always, thanks yeah. for sticking um, with us. I'll just I'll go ahead and say kind of what I did like about this movie. I liked uh, Alexander's Alexander Skarsgård's performance after uh, Nadira. Yes. Damn it! Why can I not remember her I don't name? Know. <laughs> I don't know. Why is Why is the cast listed in first build? No, give me importance. Okay. Anyway, Nadira. After she goes missing, I felt like that was. That's when the movie gets good. That's when it picks up, yeah. That, well, not even picks it, up. It, I feel like even performance-wise. So my whole thing, I didn't find their romantic relationship believable. Um, and the reason I say that is how she, to me, 
to me, it seemed that, I mean, I don't know, we don't know how long they've been dating or together or whatever. Like yeah. That. But for me, the way that she interacted with him, it felt like it was like a couple of months because of the way she still didn't understand him. Because I feel like at that point, if you're dating someone who is, is, is deaf or is mute, you can understand, you can learn how they talk. So you can kind of get to know them better and how they would just, how they would feel, how they would talk, how to relate to them. She like would say his name every other sentence. And I feel like when you've been dating somebody for a long time, you're not going to say their name every sentence whenever you're addressing them. I think that could also just be like a plot device or not a plot device, just like a thing to like get everyone else familiar with the character. Like, Hey Leo, this is Leo. This is Leo. Pay attention. This is Leo. There's other names that are coming in. Leo, this guy, but other names don't come in. <laughs> I mean, like you need, well, you have like with cactus bill, you don't find <laughs> out, you don't bill. find out his name is bill until like after multiple conversations between him and duck. And you don't find out duck's name until multiple conversations. Yeah. Like, Josie. Yeah, it just, mm-hmm. like Duck addresses Cactus Bill as babe for the longest time and nobody <laughs> nobody calls him Bill for a long cactus. time. They call him Cactus like for the They call most him Cactus or they call him Bill, but I'm saying that like we hear him called babe before any of those is what I'm saying. So the whole time Nadira is saying, "Leo, where are you going?" Sent another sentence, another sentence. I don't know, Leo. Like the whole just having that in there and I mean, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm just beating the dead horse, but <laughs> just the way she related to him, I feel like, and all, and also the conversation that they have outside of Leo's door where like he hears her like on the ground yeah, or whatever, that conversation to me, Leo is like immediately in tears. And I'm like, why is he like immediately in tears? I feel like if anything, he would be like, I would see more concern and confusion on his face rather than like tears because she's starting to say stuff that's very vague that's like i have something to tell you and he's like just starts like crying like immediately he's like are you gonna leave me i was like whoa whoa Whoa, where are we coming from like i don't know like that's the vibe i got from that situation though and maybe since like he doesn't have words he's more in tune with that and then also like but she wasn't being amish and being mute like maybe those things too like he probably didn't have a lot of relationships like they, they they didn't really get into that, but like if that someone's trying to sit you down, who's out in the hallway crying, mm-hmm. like having a tough time, obviously, and it's a hard thing for them to say to you. Like some people's minds go to the worst first, Taylor. It happens. I just I just didn't buy the importance of their relationship based on her dialogue with him. Like it didn't seem these people didn't seem like they had people that. It, they were people that had been together for a really long time. It seemed like people that had been together for a couple of months. Like, honestly, like I, I just that I mean, you can, you can try and debate me, but I've made up my mind about it. <laughs> I mean, and that's just like, that's my opinion. That's my feeling. Yeah, no, that's fine. And you're, you're allowed or, to have that Taylor. Or like, or like maybe, uh, the actress playing Nadira. I'm, I'm really sorry. I cannot pronounce her name. Uh, Sineb Saleh, Sineb something like that. Oh yeah. I, yeah. That's, um, that's man, good. I'm, I'm terrible. I'm gonna go with like that. A, is there like a, a pronunciation guide? No, but she's uh she's our age. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, born she's on a, Christmas. Yeah, German-born actress. Um, and this movie takes place in Germany. It does in Berlin. It was shot in Berlin. Um, 
maybe maybe this part of her acting repertoire wasn't as good as some other stuff she's done. And maybe it was that. Maybe she just didn't give a good performance. But it was hard for me to tell that these people were, that Leo and Nadira were in this long-term committed relationship. Like, I just didn't buy it. Um, but after she goes well, missing... Well, I guess part of that, too, though, is that she was cheating on him with the other bartender, waiter guy uh, at the club. I didn't, grab, I didn't grab that as cheating. I grabbed that as that was, like, her best friend or something like that. I don't know. They were kissing, and he was... Like saving up money for her, and then he also, when uh, Leo shows up at his place, he's like, "Did you really love her?" He's like, "Because I did." He's like, "I would do whatever I needed to do for her." They were kissing. Where did they kiss? They kissed on uh, Maxim's car. But was it like, were they like doing it? <laughs> I don't know. They never showed it. <laughs> I know. I didn't get. I didn't, I just didn't get that vibe. I got. I I, I took that as like the gay best friend. Well then, like that's that's what I that's what I deem that relationship as, based off of the fact that, like him, like his really his vibe with her, their like kind of relationship, and I like that. Like the performances there, I thought was good. Were were good, excuse me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I, I don't know. I, well, that, maybe I just maybe I read too much into that because I had seen uh, previews and stuff where she was like, "I'm not who you think I am. Like I have something to tell you." And so maybe I read into that too much, thinking. That that's what was going on, and that was the unveil. Maybe so, because the whole at the at the end of it, like we find out in the latter half of the movie, I think the big reveal is that she had a daughter. That's that's the reveal. Yeah, that is the reveal. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think she was hiding like anything else. I think that she was hiding that she had a daughter. That was okay. it. It wasn't another lover. It was she had a daughter. So then yeah. So then maybe that's just me reading too much into it. Yeah. Um. I mean yeah. I think so. <laughs> I think you were reading too much into it. Yeah, the the whole uh, yeah the relationship with uh, Luba. Yeah, that was that was to me felt like the the best friend relationship. Um, but yeah, after Njira disappears, I feel like the movie gets good um, because you kind of get her out of the way. Not in, like <laughs> that sounds mean, but I I feel just the performance. Anything surrounding her in the beginning of this movie, I just I just wasn't buying. It. Well, that also it drives the whole thing though. I know at that. that point but the inciting incident is she goes missing yeah so then the movie kind of takes off and I, I I assume from trailers that and trailers and just some general synopsis stuff that uh, Cactus Bill and Duck were going to be the bad guys when we started off I was like oh these guys are just a couple wise asses that had, yeah. been, that had been in love at one point and I was like oh these guys are fun but it turned out to be the bad guys in yeah. this movie um, and it took a while. I feel like we almost saw, or maybe this was the intention, seeing too much of their subplot. Because I was like, is the is the movie about Leo? And and the, uh, the other half I was like, okay, or is it about these guys? Because we're seeing these guys a lot. Yeah. And they're not, and Leo is rarely in the same room. As either one of those guys, and doesn't yeah. happen until the end of the movie. So that's why I get I got confused a little bit. Not confused. Yeah. Not confused. I was more confused as to what the story was trying to be, as opposed to what actually was on screen. Because I was following everything. I was yeah. just like, whose side am I supposed to be on? Like, Cactus Bill is obviously an asshole, but he <laughs> loves his daughter, and he's kind of trying to protect her and do anything he can. Yeah. Even though the fact that he was in love with. 
Duck, Duck and him were had slept together and were in love, but are still like work partners. And but, see, I didn't but, get love from them. Oh, but, I did. But you got love from them. Oh yeah. Well, he calls calls him babe. He calls him babe all the time. They said they spent a lot of time together. They yeah. were in the same military unit, and then and things they, got and they, and they touch penises. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they touch penises. Yeah, yeah that's and that's what Cactus Bill says. <laughs> Yeah, I got that. I mean, that's that's what I, that's what I gleaned from it. And then, um, where was I going? I got sidetracked. <laughs> Damn it. Anyway, sorry. sorry I I'll, that. I'll, I'll, I'll get back to it. But whose side we're supposed to be on? Yeah, whose who side we're, we're following? Yeah, who we're following? But yeah, Cactus Bill is like obviously, or sorry, Duck. Um, this kind of relationship he has with Cactus Bill, but then also like he and really and he's sexually is attracted to little girls so yeah fuck that guy yeah like that's one that's one of the times where i was like pulling for cactus bill when he was like you're done he's like cut this shit out he's like you will never see another young woman because at first it's like it's like just kind of like the like the dirty old man trope yeah and i'm like okay you know whatever but then it gets the way where somebody yeah and cactus bill is like shut that shit down but doesn't he puts his foot down like once though, and I guess he feels like he's in control of it or whatever. Because we don't really, because it doesn't change his way, you know. It doesn't change Duck's kind of way of thinking. Well, because it kind of happens around the same time that Cactus Bill finds out that he's going to be able to leave, and so yeah. I think he's partially also kind of like, "Well, I'm fucking done. I can just leave then. I don't have to worry about it anymore." Yeah, but. But, oh, okay, I get it. He's I get also you, concerned about his daughter being in the area. Yeah. And so that's kind of also at the end. I felt like while he was dying and the screen got turned to him and he saw Duck take his daughter, that also killed him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the whole... Man. Whew. I uh, I felt like we could have done with a little less Paul Rudd with a knife in his neck. <laughs> they stayed on him for a long they ass did. time. There was a lot of like gurgling, like trying to talk. There was a lot of gurgling, which I get it. Like the guy that killed him is mute. Get yeah. it? But like, that was a lot. <laughs> it was. It was. It was a lot. And then also, it's kind of like Duck could have helped him, but he's just like, well, I could do this or I could do this, but no, you 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 don't want that. Yeah. And then just fucking left him. Yeah. Um. So well, that was du- that was Duck like admitting how deep his feelings were for Bill because Bill was gonna leave him anyway, and Duck's like, "Well, fuck you then." Yeah, and I'm taking your daughter. And it's, yeah, and that was like, yeah, Duck was you know, Duck Bill was a bad guy. Duck was a real bad guy. Yeah, which his name is Duck. Like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> uh, by the way, shout out to Noel uh, Noel Clark uh, who played Stu. The uh, the black guy and then the, the club. The angry, uh, the business guy. Yeah, that you know who that was, right? That was Mickey from Doctor Who. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> I, I knew the voice sounded familiar. That voice, I was like, I know that voice, and I saw him, and I was like, Mickey. <laughs> and, God, I haven't seen that season of Doctor Who in forever. But yeah, I, yeah, like the voice was like, I know who this is, but I didn't go look it up, and yeah, I couldn't. The, the, play, 2000, I couldn't pinpoint the 2005 it. Uh, revival or, or whatever. Yeah. And then, uh, and also, he stays around for the the Martha Jones episodes too. So yeah, yeah that was that was kind of cool. Mickey, uh, man. Like, Mickey. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, what uh, what are 
you know, Dominic I, I'm, Monahan. I'm, I'm picking apart stuff, but uh, what do you what do you want to pick apart? You want to pick apart anything, or do you want to like try and say no, Taylor, you're wrong. The movie was better than what you think it is. I mean, I do apparently think it was better than you think it is. I didn't have a problem with the, the love story. Like, I didn't have trouble buying that. Uh, maybe I'm just a sucker for a love story and I want to believe them more than you do. I don't know. You're such a romantic. I guess so. I have a cold, dark heart. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't have trouble buying that. And then we agree on, yeah, Duck and Bill being assholes and mm-hmm. they kind of got what they deserved. Um Dominic Monaghan, I mentioned that real quick. Oh, yeah. Uh, the shout out his, to Dominic Monaghan for just, like, jumping on board of this thing. He's like, yeah, I'll just be, like, dressed up kind of like a geisha and then, and then have ha- these, like, robots weird. having sex with, like, this, like... They were weird sex spiked robots. Spiked dildo yeah. thing coming out of it. And, and also, the dog was watching. Yeah. <laughs> and then, when uh, Leo kind of roughed him up and shoved the photos in his throat, he's like, tell Nikki to send you next time. Yeah. I was like... <laughs> Uh, I love it, when they cut to the outside window and you're just seeing it and not hearing anything. And this, like, whatever window cleaning robot is just going over. Like, it's this Roomba that cleans <laughs> windows. I was laughing at that part. Uh, but, yeah, no, that was his his cameo was, was interesting. Because when he popped up, I was like, is that Dominic Monaghan? <laughs> I was like, yes, that is. That is him. Nicole was watching. Uh, she She joined in halfway, like, 30, 40 minutes into the movie. We were watching on the couch and Dominic Monaghan showed up and I said, that's Dominic Monaghan and she lost it. She was <laughs> uh, and then, oh yeah, Nicole actually, uh, my girlfriend left, uh, I want to say right, or when, um, when Leah was in the basement, but right before Bill got home, mm. she left, she's like, mm, too dark. Yeah, but I'm she didn't, didn't say anything. I just didn't see her for the rest of the movie and I was like, where are you? She's like, oh, I'm in the bedroom. I was like, what are you doing? She's like, uh, that was it was too dark. I had to leave, and I was like, okay. <laughs> also, every what? stupid fucking movie hero puts their weapon down when they go to examine whatever's going on <laughs> in the final scene of a movie. He had that bedpost that he had made for like him and Nadira's bed. Yeah. And he came downstairs and he sat down. And I was like, well, God damn it! I was like, he's gonna need that later. He's not gonna have it. That's what happens every time. Oh man! Like, but he didn't need it because he used Bill's own knife. Well, he still kind of needed it he opened himself up to the attack and then caught it so yeah. then he could like try and take that back but then he ended up using the knife uh to finish him off but um i thought the the swimming montages were montage. i guess they're not really montages it was like, but it was just like, like shots he went, he went swimming twice he went swimming a couple times i feel like and then not counting the first time where he was dying yeah not counting uh, that one i feel like he was in the pool a couple times Ow. What are you doing? <laughs> There's a table there. Yeah, don't bang into my table. Um, um, how's my table? Is it fine? Okay, it's good. solid. My knee's not so good. <laughs> I got another one. It's fine. I, uh, you it, know, everything came back in the end when he kills Duck by drowning him because yeah. he was and that's pricing, things- holding his breath. It's like, oh, it's tied all together. What I didn't get, or not what I didn't yeah. get, but the whole like taking a deep breath and then chugging a, a stein of water. Yeah. I was like, that's interesting. Is it like a trauma thing because he almost died in the water? That's kind of what I was thinking on this whole thing was. What do you mean a trauma thing? Like, is he trying to overcome it? Is yeah. That what you're trying to say? That's why I used to like deep breath. Anything around water kind of makes him nervous and he's trying to overcome that by like swimming, by like... That's what I took that as. It's like, and he's, well, you know, it's, it's him facing 
his fear. It's facing his his death scenario. Like I think I I didn't read too much into that other than oh he's doing this because he did almost die in the water. He's conquering yeah. his fear. Like he's swimming the length of the pool in one breath. He's chugging a stein of water without breathing. Um, but also you're not supposed to drink water that quickly. Yeah, I was like I can't, I can't <laughs> wait for him to do that and then like that would be the only time the sound comes out of his mouth when he burps. <laughs> well. That's not, like sound came out of his mouth like when he was gasping for air and stuff uh, mm-hmm. when he was swimming again like coming up for air yeah. Um, but yeah other than that like quiet mute it's <laughs> the name of the movie I know which also get it was at the very beginning of the movie too written on the notepad on the nightstand yeah, that's how they revealed the name of the movie I know <laughs> I was there <laughs> it happened I saw it yeah uh I felt like, oh, by the way, the, uh, my girlfriend was loving the technology in this movie. She was like, can we get a drone to deliver us dinner? Right? It just <laughs> I was flies like, that'd be, win- it flies into like, the window? The window opens up, the drone flies in, sets it on the table, and then leaves. So awesome. Yeah. And what I, what I love too is like the packages delivered it in reminds me of like when you go to the grocery store and buy the rotisserie chicken yep. like that's what it looked like like that part wasn't that advanced like, like the dunkin donuts like folded like yeah little... like that that part of this future wasn't advanced it was you, just being delivered st- by drone you still get cardboard but yeah. it comes from a drone now <laughs> that's amazon's working on it it's fine yeah and how about uh j- just we'll t- talk a little bit about um just the cool little sci-fi little tidbits in in this movie like the uh the refrigerator being a smartphone screen, pretty much. Yeah, I thought that was neat. That was kind of cool. cool. Yeah, the uh... which at first I was like, why is a fucking smartphone screen on a fridge? And I was like, well, in the future, I could see somebody being like, they have smart fridges, so yeah. why not make the panel a smart touch screen? Yeah, fridge. Yeah, the uh, Leo's phone though, which I guess she mentioned that it, she was trying to find like the oldest, like kind of lo-fi phone she could. Yeah, and if but it's 30, 40 years in the future, it was that's still probably. A, giant ass phone yeah. and it was like an old side probably a Nokia it was like a sidekick <laughs> yes like, it was a sidekick that's the, what it was the screen flipped yeah. up and there was a keypad under there and I was and like it, but it was touch screen too yeah uh, so I was, I was kind of confused by his phone <laughs> uh, but I don't yeah I don't know about all that uh, and then yeah it's like there's flying cars but then there's also regular like old cars I, lo- like, I like that because it was more of this is not so far in the future where everyone has a flying car. Yeah. Like, well, that was a taxi service. That was the flying car. Oh, yeah, it's true. And I think I saw, like, some head police lights. So, like, in the yeah. future, you could... Apparently, there's, like, public transit and uh, law enforcement and ambulances, yeah. probably. And Various kinds of mass transit, I guess, maybe. I, 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 I got a big kick out of Leo trying to steal the car. Yeah. So I was like, he's Amish. He doesn't know how to drive the car. <laughs> he did pretty well. He did all right. Which, at first, I was like... Okay, maybe he just hasn't driven in a car in a while because he tackled that stick pretty pretty well. Yeah. For assuming he just hadn't done that in a while. Yeah. And I could be people who know more about like Amish versus Mennonite or whatever. Please at me if I'm getting things wrong about what they <laughs> use. But I grew up actually pretty close to like uh, Mennonite communities, and they, uh, I think, I think with them they're allowed to use cars and stuff like that. With the Amish, it's like I could be getting this wrong. <laughs> please please correct me because I don't want to I don't want to insult anybody but I think with the Amish they're not allowed to use that technology but they're allowed to get a ride like they're allowed okay. to be in it but they can't be everyone actually driving the car well and that was all kind of in there too where um, 
like his hesitance to use the phone. He didn't have it. All his mm-hmm. stuff in the house was all very old fashioned. Mm-hmm. When he went to the diner, he even sat with his mm-hmm. back facing to the TV, which they made a point to call out. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that was all, I guess, authentic. If that's yeah. how I'm sure until he needed those things to find Nadira. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, okay. So let's talk about that, uh, that coffee shop scene. This does not apply to you at all because you did not see moon. This movie takes place in the same universe as moon. Because every time they cut to those screens, it was like the first time they cut to the screen. I don't know if you know, like the TV screen. I don't know if you noticed, but it kind of stayed on there for a while. And it was like a, it was like a trial scene. Do you, do you remember, do you remember that part? It was like kind of early in the movie. They showed a TV, they showed a TV screen and it was this trial going on. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Vaguely, okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Sam Rockwell's in there. He, he's, he's one of the guys in the TV screen because he's the, he was the star of moon. Okay. And so, and it's all about the lunar corporation, which is all moon. That's, that's what that movie is. Yeah. So it's, so after moon takes place, mute is happening. Interesting. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the movie, but it's but these Easter the eggs that are really cool. Yeah. And also, uh, like Lunar, it was the um, company that was in Moon. And then also, when they go to get gas, it's a Lunar gas. Day. Yeah, yeah, I exactly. Did see that. So it's all kind of tied in, which I thought was just like a fun Easter egg. Duncan Joe's put it, and to get Sam Sam Rockwell back to just kind of be a, a cameo on the TV screen, I thought was really cool. I don't know if you saw it, but they had Lothar flying on a Griffin in the background too at one point from World of Warcraft movie. Oh, no, I did not know that. See, I don't... That was Warcraft. <laughs> Maybe there was a source code reference in there too and I totally missed that one. Probably. If anybody's seen that and they seen Mute, get at me and let me know if I missed something. There were um, a lot of screens that there could have been. Yep. There, something. There were a lot of screens. Jake Gyllenhaal's just like in the back. <laughs> Somewhere. Um, the hackers, but I thought that was kind of cool. Market like I, heard, I think I heard somewhere that it takes place from the same universe. And I said, okay, well, what does that mean? And then I watched this movie and I was like, oh, fuck, Sam Rockwell. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was really cool. Uh, I think I, oh, I have Moon. I'll let you borrow it. Okay. It's on DVD. Is that okay? Uh, is it not streaming? I feel like oh, I it's on Netflix. Streaming. It's on Netflix. Just watch okay. it on Netflix. You'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, like I said, there was one scene... Where there was this like juxtaposition, and I was like, "Oh, that's really fucking cool that they did that." And now I can't remember it. And again, cool story. I told you just before we started, but mm-hmm. like, I still like I was hoping something would jog my memory. You're the worst. I know, but I don't. oh, hey, the uh, here we go, light bulb. The, the giant Russian guy. Yeah. The bouncer guy. Yeah. Where he was using technology he pulled the robot's leg off yeah versus leo using the wooden bedpost yeah that was cool not technological get it like old school new school against each other and then old school one yeah get it wood yeah that was yeah i i I remember that was a moment too where i was like ah it's using a robot (laughs) what i thought was kind of awkward though is the way alexander skarsgård's character I mean, why don't I say Leo? I'll just say Leo. Leo. I keep doing that. Like, yeah. I can't name the actor as opposed to the character. Yeah, see? And you were like, why does she keep saying Leo? That's weird. You keep saying Alexander Skarsgård's well, character. That's because... That's weird. I don't know. Maybe some people listening were like... Maybe, I'll admit, some people that watch movies don't even pay attention to the character names. They're just like, no, that's Sean Connery. That's not James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, exactly. They're making sure you know this guy's name is Leo, and you're still not using his name. So, fuck you. Anyway, getting my point. Like, the way, the way he knocked down... Uh, the door to Bill's house. He knocked Wait. it down with... That was an awkward way to knock down a door. Like, yeah. it was shooting pool. Well, 
I mean, the the thing's obviously heavy. Yeah. And you hit it where the handle is. No, I get that's that. It's gonna like break the door open. And maybe I was just expecting like everyone else like he goes up there and he just kicks it. No, he like throughout the whole movie he's not been like physically imposing. Like he's um the bar fights. He threw bottles at people and like grabbed the guy and picked him up, but, but like he's not like an I guess super athletic or super like beefy muscly like compared to some of the other guys that he's been up against or whatever mm-hmm. so like he's I mean, he's not that kind of guy that just like comes and swat kicks the door and he's not an action hero he had the wooden post he used it to open the door i mean it, it's semantics but i just thought that was the way he opened it was kind of awkward because he was like you think he was shooting pool like because mm. he didn't even look like he put that much force behind him either like when the cops like come with a battering ram they like take a full swing like, and they, yeah. like, he was just like I uh, I had a little. There was a lot of like, um, of like uh, Frankenstein's monster going on. I felt like, and in a in a in a way, you can almost draw the parallels. The fact that like he he could have been. Here's the thing. So obviously, Frankenstein's monster um, is created, yeah, and then is kind of abandoned. And if you think about it, when young Leo gets his fucking throat torn out by a propeller, yeah, and then his mother refuses to give him the surgery to try and fix his vocal cords, like that can that can be seen to me as a parallel anyway of like the Amish version of Frankenstein. Yeah, the Amish version of Frankenstein's monster is just like not is like in in a way it ignored his needs to communicate with the world, even though like there's a theme throughout this whole movie that. What does he need to talk for? Everybody's full of shit anyway. Um, but like, I, I, I like that parallel. And, and it came, but for me, it became a little bit more on the Frankenstein comical side, just the way he kind of like lumbered around a lot. Cause Alexander Skarsgård's a big dude. Like he's a tall guy and he's fit and he's just wandering around and he doesn't <laughs> talk. <laughs> yeah. So he, yeah. There are several scenes where he had like this kicked puppy look. That made me think of Matt Smith for some reason. For some reason. Are you saying just, Matt Smith looks like a kicked puppy? Sometimes. Like when he's... He's not my doctor. When he's sad and stuff, like sometimes he's like, I don't know, it's like a, a very, very sad look. Um, and I kind of got that vibe, like the eyes, facial expression, like reminded me a lot of Matt Smith for some of those hmm. scenes. Uh, not sure why, but it did. Who, who's your doctor then? Oh, Tenet. Hundred, hundred percent, one, one hundo. Um, the uh, the way the movie ended, uh, I was fine with. I didn't have a problem how yeah. everything ended. But yeah, going back to what we talked about a little bit before spoilers of how I felt there were multiple climaxes to this movie, and then you giggled. Um, <laughs> I did. Yeah, I was like, okay. Toward where I felt like the the apex of the story should be is when we got a deeper look into Duck and Bill's relationship. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. And then at that point, I was like, is this more about them? Like, what's going on with this? Where they were at the Route 66 diner? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like... And then they're walking through the mall, and he's eating peanuts. And by the way, a very interesting uh, camera angle choice when uh, Paul Paul Rudd's character addresses the security guard. Like, they just, they switch <laughs> to... Addresses like, is... Uh... They, they switch <laughs> to the, um, the security guard character's point of view pretty much 
and it, Paul Rudd's like talking down to it and like spitting peanuts in its face. And so, I thought that was kind of strange. It it's not an it. I thought it was kind of strange. Um, but I mean, the, that was like a minor point, whatever. Uh, yeah. And, but then, yeah, so. So I'm like, oh, okay. So, uh, so um, Leo goes in the basement and like, oh, who's under that sheet? I was like, oh, it's the, the Nikki dude or whatever. Yeah. He's got a, I was like, it's not Nadira. He's got a fake eye. I'm like, all right, that's that's interesting. Okay. A, then a uh, fake eye. Well, he well he had his one eye removed, but it looked like they yeah. put something in there in its place. I thought they burned it out because maybe they, that's what it was because but it still looked like there was like something in it. It wasn't yeah. like a missing eye. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Well, because it was that scene transition where they put the duct tape over it and yeah. then it burned through where he had By the cigar. Way, not a fan of that scene transition. No, that was weird. Yeah, it looked real cheesy. It wasn't like really any other transitions like that. It looked really cheesy. And well, it just, like, and also away. Like, the 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 blood and the water at the very beginning didn't look too realistic to me either. And granted, maybe this is also coming from probably a, a more of a spoiled standpoint, but. Yeah, that yeah the burn, <laughs> that burning transition is like a default transition in every editing software. So that's what I was like, like yeah. what are we doing here? I guess yeah we didn't we didn't mention that, but that stood out because none of the other transitions were like they didn't do anything like that. Not at all. Yeah, like you could have like why like why even do it there? Why not just like do a hard cut? Yeah, to the the cigar like coming towards. Yeah, because because you're transitioning to a scene where it's Leo is just in his apartment. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know, whatever. Like you could have like got the cigar like coming down closer and closer and closer, and hear Nikki screaming, and, and you cut to Alexander Skarsgård, but you still like kind of the scream like echoes a little. Yeah, like that's easy. Faded out or something. I don't, like, yeah. they, I don't know why they did that, and I wonder. I don't know. I'm actually curious about that because it's <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's the only transition like it in the entire movie. Yeah, everything else it's is the more... only animated transition. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Um, yeah, it did bother me. Now that I think about it. <laughs> um, so anyway, the there's one climax where you feel like, oh, it's it's Bill versus Leo in the basement. Yeah. And okay, but oh, the movie's not over. So you're like, oh, the daughter's still upstairs. What's gonna happen with that? And then it's like climax. And then yeah, and then it's like yeah, then duck comes, takes the daughter. Yeah, and then you're like, okay, climax. Is and this then, one? You're like, oh no, we're on a bridge and now. He goes and just <laughs> SWAT kicks Leo in the face yeah. and takes him. And so I guess Nadira is just there. Yeah, like why did he? That's what I'm kind of. Okay, here's yeah, here's what I'm trying to figure out actually is why. Maybe you can help me out with this. Why did Duck even worry about Leo? Because he killed his best friend slash lover. To your point. Okay, yeah, I get that. Yeah, that's kind of weird. I guess that's the, I mean, maybe I'm just not giving the character of Duck uh, as much credit as maybe he deserves because, like, he loves, he loves, he loves Bill, but then is mad at Bill, so he yeah. leaves him to die. But then at the same time, he's still, so, okay, he yeah. He has to blame right. someone. That makes sense. Okay, yeah, you're right. And you're that's right. why the whole time he puts in the voice box t- for Leo and is like, Say you're sorry. Right. Like, yeah. I need to hear you say you're sorry for killing him. You're right. I didn't think about that. I'm like, why didn't I think about that? It's in the movie. And then um, he even takes him back down memory lane. He's like, hey, that picture that you love so much in Nadira, I took it right mm-hmm. here. Nadira, Bill, and I used to travel all the time. Yeah. And I he, get that. Then he gets drowned. No, you're right. Done drowned. I was also waiting for him to get stabbed with a colored pencil. I wasn't waiting for that. I thought... Because he kept reaching for the colored pencils. Yeah, he did. 
I had felt like he was pl- like he was pl- he was plotting the whole time. Yeah. Um, but I didn't think it was it was going to happen that way because I almost felt like. I mean, you could argue that that's like his his one weapon. So the way he communicates is with the sign language and with writing stuff down, and mm-hmm. maybe that actually becomes his pencils weapon. and yeah. I get that, but at the same time, maybe he doesn't even want to tarnish that because that's all he has. Like, so I don't know. You can make an argument work both. I yeah. thought um, the and killing the, the young, water is the, him overcoming the young <laughs> actress who played. Um, Josie. She had like no lines until the very end. Yeah. Which um, is the same oh, as Twins. Twins played Josie. Oh. Uh, Mia Sophia Baston and Leah Marie Baston. Um great job. Great job, bros. Yeah, the um They were pretty much mute. Yeah, just they were like pretty Leo much mute was. too, which I thought that was a that was more than that was another connection that he had. Yeah, they both like they all liked art. They both liked mute. art and they both didn't talk. And so I was like, maybe this is his kid. Hmm. Okay, you thought that? I didn't think that. I thought maybe, but then okay. like after everything else that had happened, I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe not. Mm. Uh, because I guess he would have also known if Nadira had been pregnant at some point. Uh, yeah. And you know, <laughs> kind of a thing that you notice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. I thought it briefly because yeah, they, have gotcha. of, they have a lot of similarities. Yeah, no, I gotcha. Yeah, I thought it was... Um, yeah, she, she did a fine job. Uh uh, let's see. I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The more we talk about this, the more you know we can either bolster it or pick holes in it. Um, I did think it was nice that uh, Duncan Jones dedicated a, dedicated the movie to his dad. Thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, who is listed as David Jones in the end credits? But for those of you who don't know, is David Bowie. Um, that's who that is. So that was cool. Um, I thought, yeah, especially because, so I actually found out a little bit more in the, um, I don't know if I talked about this when we started rolling, but the Mark Marin interview with Duncan Jones himself, I listened to. No, you talked more uh, about the Ted Danson one before, before we started rolling, you talked yeah, briefly yeah, yeah. about. Okay. So, um, and it was cool because Duncan was in the middle of promoting, he's, he was promoting this movie that just came out. So he was talking a little bit about that. He talked a little bit about his dad, talked a little bit about just his kind of growing up and, um, upbringing and different countries and stuff like that and he actually uh when he first went off to college he went to college here in the states at a small school in ohio i believe and that's when he was exposed to um the amish community and that's actually when he first started writing the ideas and the story for mute itself oh interesting yeah so there's that that ties into it too um and then another Oh my god! I the, the whole reason I brought this thing up and I just forgot what it was. <laughs> god damn it! I hate when that happens. Cool story. Yeah, cool story, right, bro? Yeah. Um, but he did talk about uh, growing up uh, being the son of David Bowie, and he said it was it was really cool. But it was, it was weird because he didn't figure out he wanted Bowie to, do, to Bowie. He didn't figure out he wanted to do film for a while. Like he never really understood what he wanted to go to school for, and he actually uh, was in a master's or PhD program, I believe, for philosophy at Vanderbilt in Nashville. Um, and then while his tenure there at some point got on a film set with his dad back in England, um, it might've been, might've been for Labyrinth, but I'm not hundred percent sure. Yeah. Um, but he started, uh, started to discover his kind of love of filmmaking. I thought that was really cool. It is. Um, 
So, you know, all kind of ties together. Um, but yeah, so, <laughs> mute. Uh, not, some of you guys might like it. I would say maybe give it a whirl if you got nothing to do. I hate to say it like that, but um, it's got some cool moments. Paul Rudd's actually really good. Paul Rudd's yeah. pretty good in this movie. Um, so yeah, check it out. And Duncan Jones, I think, is just a very unique filmmaker that's out right now, and he's he's uh, going to continue to grow, I think, too, which is which is a uh, will be nice to see for sure. Um, Mark, any uh, any last thoughts before we uh, wrap this thing up? Uh, no. Like I said, I can't remember the one. Th- oh no, I did remember the one thing I wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. which was just a, a brief thing about the the wooden leg versus the metal leg right uh no i i think yeah if if you need something to watch i feel like in this day and age with netflix people burn through content pretty quickly yeah. uh i would recommend this to some people to watch not to everyone but mm-hmm. uh but yeah i think i think it was still i don't regret sitting down and watching it like i've done for some movies in the past yeah no i'll say that too like i don't like i wish i could have the two hours back yeah, I, yeah it's not that at all um Cool. Well, uh, one quick thing before we just keep the show or before we end the show. Actually, I saw a Shape of Water finally on yeah. uh, Monday, and that has a mute lead character. So it kind of tied into this, which I thought was kind of neat. Um, that's just that was just happenstance. Didn't even plan that. Yeah, that. Uh, <laughs> I, I was curious about that because I was thinking about that earlier when we were talking about it, like the mute main characters, and it made me think about like video games, like Legend of Zelda. Link has always been mute. Like, but he's not, he's not actually mute. Just like, he can't say words in in the games. He never says anything other than like his grunts and things that he does when he's fighting, Mm -hmm. but people understand him. And like, and that's an interesting, like storytelling method, I guess. It's a challenge too to try and write that as a screenwriter too. Yeah. Um, so that was curious but I was thinking about that kind of with like protagonists uh, that just don't say anything Yeah, not necessarily because they're mute but because of just maybe limitations or whatever you, you mm-hmm. might be but uh, just thought that was interesting well but, Mark what are you uh, what are you looking forward to this week uh, this week I, Far Cry 5 comes out. I'm not necessarily looking forward to you it. You don't sound excited about uh, that at all. <laughs> it looks interesting, and it looks like it'll be a lot of fun. Um, it's actually kind of cult-oriented out in, I think it's Montana. Hmm. Uh, it's like a religious cult takes over this county. and um, You should watch the documentary. Like you, go out, <laughs> you go out there to like break up this religious cult, and you're basically tasked with like killing the lead of this cult. Jesus. Um, and yeah, it's I mean, it's interesting, but uh, that comes out I guess Tuesday. Yeah, the twenty seventh. These air on. Maybe it's out today. No, nope. because this air on. No, no. Oh, because when you're airing these releases on Tuesday. These uh, release on Tuesday, March twenty seventh. It comes out. Okay, well that could be when you're listening to this. Yes, that could be today. It might be <laughs> not today. We, um, we film these on. We record these on Sundays. Just yeah, or Mondays or whenever. Sometimes it just depends. Yeah, I think we've done one on Friday, but. Anyway, um, not necessarily. Well, I am looking forward to it, but it's still a couple weeks away. Got the new God of War. Uh, oh yeah, we yeah, talked yeah. about it. It went gold, I guess, this past week. Gold. So it is on disc, ready to be printed and ready to go. And actually, interestingly, um, the creative lead for the the game, 
he had come up with this idea and actually had pitched it back when the first Tomb Raider reboot came out back in 2013, where he wanted the whole game to be filmed uh, basically like a one shot. And okay. they shot it down for Tomb Raider, but when he came back and worked for Sony and got in on God of War, they picked it up. So the whole game is one solid shot. The game never cuts. Hmm. Um, and so it, it's that's interesting. And they said, like, he, there was an interview with the director when he was going talking about it, where there was a lot of pushback on it. Like the, the programmers and stuff were like, "No, we can't do this. This doesn't make sense." But like more and more as he pushed for it, like people got behind it. They're like, "This is actually really cool, uh, and it works really well for what we're doing here." And so I thought that was interesting that it's the whole game is basically going to be told through like one shot, essentially. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. Like when they, you know, video games start to take a, a cinematic approach to yeah. the storytelling aspect. It's pretty cool. Uh, for but, me, uh, I can't think of, actually, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, uh, movie or TV show wise, that I'm uh, looking forward to specifically for this week. However. Yeah. Uh, oh, Ready Player One comes out this week too, which I've heard is not good, but I still kind of want to <laughs> see it. Uh, well, maybe we'll, maybe we'll do that for, uh, <laughs> for next, next week. Who knows? Um, but I am looking forward to oh, and, uh, NCAA basketball tournament. Yeah, uh, that's that's what I'm looking forward to actually. So there's a game. There's going to be uh, two games on Saturday and the national championship on Monday. So that's what I'm looking forward to. This oh, week. and Last Jedi comes out on physical release. Yeah. On, on Tuesday, March twenty seventh. I've really thought about downloading the like the digital one that's that's been out. Yeah, because, that came out two because weeks because ago. Because you get the. Uh, the movie with just the soundtrack. Yep, that comes in the uh, the physical one too. Okay, well, I, I think Ryan Johnson tweeted about like you can you get it on the Blu-ray, but like it, it comes with it's not on the disc, but it comes with a code that you can just I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna get that then. Um, but yeah, so Mark, after uh, after people stop listening to us banter um, and ramble, where can people find you? Uh, still not really streaming right now, uh, as I'm still dealing with real life things. Um, but outside of that, I am still active on social media. So you can find me at Spiders Corner Games on Facebook, uh, and Spiders Corner on Twitch and Instagram, or Twitter and, and Instagram. Uh, spiders with a Y. Spiders with a Y. Uh, search for that and you'll find me. And I'm around okay. on social media. Taylor, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tay D. Adams. Uh, once again, thank you guys so much for listening. If you've got a recommendation for us you want to check out, or if you want to dispute anything you said, if you want to correct my knowledge on Mennonite Amish culture <laughs> at me feel free to do so um, and also check out the other stuff we got going on on scrapproductions.com rate and review us if you feel so inclined and maybe yes. actually in a couple and more mules, thanks. yeah yeah we appreciate you um, maybe in a week or two we'll like do a giveaway or something oh man yeah getting fancy yeah so stay tuned kids yeah if, um, if you're listening you might be able to win stuff <laughs> free stuff everybody loves it um, but yeah, we'll get back to you on that and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, take care guys.